0: Right. well, we're going to get started. Thank you guys for coming out. Honestly, when I, <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I was like, okay, well, let's see what our retention rate is, all right? So I was like, well, half. I'll be happy with half, and this is more than half. So thanks for, thanks for remembering, one, like I wouldn't have done that or remembered, and two, just for waking up. So that's awesome. If you remember last week, we talked about uh, hearing the word of God or hearing God's voice through his word. Through His written word, and this week um, we're going to talk about hearing His voice through meditation. But I just kind of want to recap a little bit what we talked about last week. We talked about the difference between uh, Bible reading and Bible study. Hopefully, that was a helpful distinction, uh, where it kind of pushed you in some different ways, right? Where it's like it's it's okay to read broadly. It's it's okay to read Scripture for quantity, if you want to call it like that. Um, And if that's all that you do, maybe. Make some notes while you're reading and then devote some time, you know, a day of the week or two days of the week. And instead of reading broadly, read deeply and really dive into a topic or dive into something that you read that you, that you don't understand or that's confusing. And, and do that over the course of, like, weeks. So don't feel bad if you're—when you're reading broadly, you write something down. If you take a day and you're just like, I'm just going to look into this more. And maybe you spend a half hour on it. Don't feel bad if you're like—and and I need to come back to this, you know— the next time i study deeply and the next time and the next it i mean the point of bible study isn't to finish right like the point of reading the bible isn't to finish cuz once you get done you're just going to start right back over so we've got we've got our whole lifetime to to read broadly to read deeply so for bible reading bible study um so hopefully that kind of incorporated some new rhythms now uh if if bible if hearing god's voice through his word um is is getting, is getting us into scripture, then as we talk about meditation this morning, it's really about getting scripture into us. So if that helps for you to think of it that way. And meditation is really what takes our hearing and turns it into listening. And I think we all know the difference as we're interacting with significant others or whatever, that there's a big difference between hearing and listening. We're probably, we've probably been reminded of that. Even, even <laughs> my wife has this thing where it's like, it, just because we're in this... I tell her, I'm like, just because we're in the same room doesn't mean I'm listening to anything. Like, I'm in my own world. Like, if, if you say something and you're in the same room, don't assume that I heard it. And don't assume that I'm listening. Like, get my attention, get eye contact, and be like, okay. And that's when you know I'm listening, right? So, hearing God's word through his word, or hearing God's voice through his word, is uh, hearing. Meditation, as we, as we take time to uh, let the scripture get into us, that's really when we start to listen, <clears throat> So uh, yeah, here is a voice through meditation. So I want to spend a little bit more time this week in the table discussion, uh, maybe not significantly longer, but it, it, a little bit longer so that we could actually we can learn from each other. So you're not just discussing what I'm saying, but maybe you're pulling bits and pieces from what other guys at your table, the habits that they've incorporated, and things that we can learn from each other in that way too. So I want to start off uh, with a discussion. For about 10 minutes. So, before this week, so the word meditation can bring a variety of things to mind. All right, maybe you're thinking like hot yoga or I don't like sitting by yourself, and I, a lot of different things might come to mind for you. So, before your reading this week, how would you have defined meditation? And what, if any, did your rhythms of meditation look like? All right, so how would you have defined meditation before this week? And now in light of this week, as you kind of reassess what your normal rhythms have been, what have your rhythms of meditation been like? And maybe your rhythm of meditation is like, I actually don't set aside any time to, to contemplate Scripture at all. I just, I'm in a rush. I read, and then I hop in the shower, and I go. Like, I don't, I didn't have a framework for this. That might be your answer, too. So take, take about 10 minutes to kind of discuss that question, and then we'll jump back. And I hope this week gives a, some, some practicalities of, of the how can we incorporate rhythms of meditation in our lives in ways that make sense for our season. So, Take 10 minutes and then we'll jump back in. So, uh, as you were reading, um, you may have noticed it's so helpful with, with so many of these things to actually bring definitions to what we're actually talking about. And I think Donald Whit- uh, Whitney's uh, definition of meditation is really helpful. He says, def- uh, meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture, for the purposes of understanding, application, in prayer. So it's deep thinking. Now don't don't like count yourself off. Be like, well, I'm not a deep thinker. It's like, no, no. It's like, it's like you could replace deep with focused. Okay. So focused thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture, for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. And so a few things that that. I just kind of want to be clear on that meditation is not, all right? And this is a little bit where I think uh, kind of our misconceptions of meditation is because we, one, misunderstand the definition and get these pictures in our minds. It's not it's not emptying your mind. It's not finding yourself. <clears throat> it's not being in tune, whatever that means, with your thoughts. I still don't know what that means. Getting in touch with your emotions. Uh, and it's not... it It's not what I would say is the modern understanding of silence and solitude. All right. And th- this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. And, and I think he addresses this later on. Uh, it'll actually be in this. It'll actually be in next week's reading uh, as we kind of talk through prayer. But I think the, the silence and solitude emphasis today kind of drives me nuts because it's often talked about as being an end in itself. Like if you all, if you can just get away and be quiet, then that's like the ultimate goal. It's just kind of like, like just kind of, and it's it's a little bit in that emptying your mind category. It's like, well, just just don't think about anything. Just be present. It's like be present. I I don't know what that means. Like, help me know what that means. And and it's like it it, it makes the ultimate goal just simply to be quiet, right? And, and and what I've found recently is that very little of of the silence and solitude talk uh, has much to do with meditating on on what God has already said. It's kind of like, well, let's just get alone and let, let's just listen for the voice of God. And it's like, I okay, I understand to a degree maybe what someone's saying, but it is kind of like and this is where the the definition's so helpful on the realities revealed in scripture. It's like if you're waiting for God to say something, like at least start off with what he's already said. And then let and then let your meditation or your silence and solitude like like, be kind of digesting and chewing on those things. Like, don't be just sitting there waiting for something new for, for, for God to say. It's like he has already revealed himself in Scripture. And I'm going to probably steal this from Jordan and, uh, and Mark from next week. But well, this, this, this was such a great quote as it relates to this kind of a silence and solitude thing. He says this on page 138. <clears throat> he says, but merely getting away isn't enough. There is benefit to be had in just letting your spirit decompress and getting out of the concrete jungle, enjoying nature, and letting your soul breathe fresh air, but there's nothing distinctly Christian about that. For those of us who are in Christ, <clears throat> we want to come back better, not only rested, but more ready to love and sacrifice. We want to find new clarity, resolve, and initiative to return primed to redouble our efforts by faith. In our callings in the home, among friends, at work, and in the body of Christ. I love that for it's like we don't we don't only want to come back from our times of silence and solitude, from our times of meditation. We don't want to just come back rested, but we want to come back ready to re-engage with our normal world in, in a better way, like, like uh better understanding scripture and, and having something to offer the people that we're called to lead in our home, our wives, our Kids, our families, our friends—like, if if your if your times of meditation and silence and solitude only result in you kind of being rested, and only result in you just saying no to a lot of things—well, because I'm valuing silence and solitude, but it doesn't actually uh, result in you actually being uh, better in your ministry that you come back to. Like, there's a problem with the way that we're engaging this kind of meditation thing. So. Colossians three sixteen, he hits on this. Uh, I want to focus on one word. As it relates to meditation, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching, in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Christian meditation is letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And that word dwell. That's kind of what I want to focus on here. That word dwell means to live in, to reside in, to make its home in. Like, let the word of Christ find a comfortable home within your mind and within your heart. Like, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let's see here. Here we go. My question, kind of in light of Colossians, is what most often dwells in you richly? What most often dwells in you Richard? What, what most often consumes your mind? What most often do you find yourself defaulting to? And, and a little litmus test that was kind of fun to think about as Sarah and I were driving down to Iowa City to boat with uh, Jordan and Casey. Um, we, were ta- we were talking through It's like, it seems to be that the normal pattern, a way to figure out what does your mind most naturally think about is to, uh, is to look at what dwells around you. What dwells in you often expresses itself in what you allow to dwell around you. And here's what I mean. I took this picture yesterday. That's my living room. That's part of my living room. Now, you can tell what, what I'm most interested in probably simply by looking at my living room, right? No joke, in front of the piano, that's an accordion. Like, my in-laws just sent that to me. <laughs> it's... it's, it's kind of wild. Judah loves it, but he can't, you know, squeeze it. So I just sit there just moving the thing back and forth while he plinks around on it. But you can see it's like like there's there's books. That's like that's like half of the books. On, on the other side there's more. And then there's piano, guitars, music. It's like it's like that's that that's the stuff that tends to occupy my mind is what I'm reading, the music I'm enjoying or trying to create or whatever, and that's just kind of what we've surrounded ourselves with in our home, and that's the reason why my living room looks different than the living room of the Airbnb we stayed in two weeks ago on our vacation, like, because that's not my house, so, like, it's decorated differently. The furniture, it looks, it's just totally different. You wouldn't walk in and go, oh, this is this is Jake and Sarah's house. It's like, no, you'd walk in and go, uh, this is Sasha and Megan's house, whoever those hosts were in Chicago. You know, it's like, but you walk into this house, and it's like, oh, I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to understand what that person thinks about most often because I'm, I'm just able to look around and see what they've surrounded themselves with. And then in the same way, what we cultivate in our minds is often reflected in what we our, of what we surround ourselves with in our homes, or maybe for you, it's in your garage. Right, so for me, it's music and books. For you, maybe it's cars, boats, hobbies, entertainment. Maybe you walk in to some. Maybe you walk into your living room and someone will go, "Wow, they are really into watching movies." Because the the TV is the center point of the room, and it's just all. It's like, and that's fine. I'm not like bashing that. It's just like we can. If you want to know what you most often think about, just kind of take a little walk around your house and see what do you most often see? For my, for my mother-in-law, you walk around and it's, it's pictures of family everywhere. Pictures of family in like word art quotes. You know, it's like, not my thing. Like, you don't see a lot of pictures of family around my house. So I'm like, I, I like my family. I just, I see them. Like, I don't need to, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. So, if you're like, okay, what, what most what most often dwells in my mind? And I'm not saying that in order to be a good Christian, you now have to like tear the map down and take the guitars out and put Bible verses and like all this, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is like, we at least need to take an inventory of kind of where we're at. So uh, David Mathis uh, said this, Christian meditation begins with our eyes in the book or ears open to the word or a mind stocked with memorized scripture. So how do we fill our minds with the right uh, fodder. I had to look that, that word up. Fodder. To chew on throughout the day. So how do we fill our minds? How do, we let our, how do we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly? Well, the first one that he talks about is memorization. And maybe you kind of talked about that a little bit at your table where it's like, well, the way that I, um, one of my rhythms or methods of, of meditating on the word of God is memorizing the word of God. I think that's fantastic. It, for me... Memorization has often been divorced from meditation. And I think that's really hung me up a lot, right? Because, like, for me, I've often viewed memorization as, like, uh, just simply just simply getting it branded on my brain. Like, so long as I can just recite it back, then that's memorization. And I love the way that he kind of unpacked it. It's like, no, 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 the purpose of memorization is... So that you can delight in God. Like, it's not so that you can just have all these verses memorized. I've treated it more like an account, you know, to be deposited in for future use. It's like, well, someday I'll be in a situation and it'd be helpful to just have this verse on hand so I don't have to look it up. That's how I viewed memorization. But instead, we should see scripture memorization as food for our soul today. Not just for tomorrow, but for today. I thought it was interesting. I I was... I was typing these notes out as, as I'm watching The Office on Netflix, and it, it just got, it got my mind going. I was like, have you ever noticed that it's way easier to memorize songs and TV shows than it is to memorize scripture? And, and at first, I was, like, I was like, well, the reason for that is because I'm just stupid, or I just don't, you know, like, I don't care about this thing or whatever, you know? And I was like, no. I think part of it, and part of it's interesting because, we, because we, don't, we don't engage music and TV shows and movies with the purpose of memorizing it. Isn't that so crazy? Like, it's not like I listen or watch these things and going like, I need to memorize this. It just happens. And I think what happens is that with those things, enjoyment is met with repetition. I, I'm pretty convinced, I think this is true, that Pretty much the only reason i 'm paying for Netflix is to rewatch the office. like I should just buy the DVDs and i 'd probably save money in the long run, but it 's like I enjoy the office, and that 's just what we default to. We just kind of just watch it over and over. so enjoyment has now been met with repetition, and it 's almost like just in those rhythms, memorization has taken place now that's i 'm not trying to take away from intentionality and purposefulness in in memorizing scripture, but but i do want to reintroduce the enjoyment factor in it that that'll take it more out of a homework assignment out, out from being a homework assignment and more just what ends up being a natural expression of our enjoyment of the scripture and for us to stop feeling the pressure to just rush through reading our bibles it's like no it's fine to let things linger like it's necessary to let the word of god linger within our hearts so how can we grow as men how can we as men grow in our disciplines of scripture memorization And I'm, I'm actually going to pull Jordan up, uh, not right now, after the pictures, Jordan. Because uh, I told Jordan as we were boating, I was like, I was like man, can I, just, can I have you talk a little bit about this? Because it's somewhat hypocritical for me because t- I don't memorize scripture that much. So, uh, so I'm going to pull from my wife, and then I'm going to pull from Jordan here. So put scripture in the path of your everyday rhythms. And here's what I mean. So one way to memorize scripture is to put scripture in the path of your everyday rhythms. And I just walked around my house, and I took pictures of it, and you can tell by the handwriting this wasn't me, it was my wife. My wife is so great at memorizing scripture because she puts it in the path of, the every, of our everyday rhythms. Here's one. That's the toilet. We do a lot in our bathroom, apparently. So, And there's books right next to it. That's funny. Uh, so that's that's her notebook. And... Literally, as I'm going to the bathroom, I'm like, "Oh wow, okay." She's memorizing scripture while she's going to the bathroom. That's our sink. Like these are kind of her everyday rhythms. These are the paths that she's normally in doing the dishes. And then there's there's actually I found another one behind the curtain on the left side of that window. But she just puts scripture kind of right in front of where she's naturally gonna look. There's a stove. There's a shower. And that's a, that's a cool trick, Ziploc baggie. That'll stay up there forever. If you just get that wet on the back a little bit, it has been up there forever. And then that's our, our keys next to our door, just a little, you know, note card reminder above our keys. So that's, that's what my wife's done. I'm like, this is br- brilliant. Like, she's just putting these in the paths of her everyday rhythms. Jordan, why don't you hop up here so we can actually get on the podcast uh, and tell us a little bit about... Uh, your rhythms for scripture memorization.
1: Yeah, so I've actually kind of stolen this a bit uh, and kind of made it my own. For me, as, as I'm reading through God's word, if there's a verse or whatever that sticks out, um, I, I want to put it on a note card. And the place I put it is I actually put it in my car um, because every day I'm in my car and I usually have five to ten minutes to go somewhere. And... Uh, and so I, I have the note card in my in my car, so I see it. And and for me, um, I just practice and say it out loud. I think retention rate like increases pretty significantly when you actually say it out loud versus just saying it in your head. And you seem your car's like the place where you seem less crazy to say things out loud, if that makes sense. The bathroom, public bathroom, probably more crazy. Um, but for me, I, I like saying it out loud five to ten times a day if I can. You know, those that's ideal, right? Uh, and like, Monday through Friday, or like your work week, like that's the time that I do it. And and for me, I, I do love keeping those things in my head for the for the long run. I, I don't have like a steel trap. It doesn't just like st- I I'd memorize it one week and it's just there the rest of my life, other than John three sixteen or whatever. But the, for the most part, i oh my god, I'll I'll lose it. So I have rhythms where <clears throat> every week actually I do have just like a Google Doc of ones that I have memorized, and I'll just say those out loud on, on like my day off and. Um, and I've split it up in half now, kind of like Old Testament, New Testament type thing, uh... Uh, but I'll I'll say that out loud. We were talking to Scott, too. He shot us a message, and it sounds like he has similar rhythms. Um, Now, how often you pick a new verse for Scott, it's like once a month. For me, it's every week or two. I'll pick a new one, and I'll I'll memorize it, but he also has uh, rhythms of uh, like going back to those verses and making sure they stay fresh and kind of locked in there for the long run, and for me, what it does—we'll talk about prayer next week—but it enriches my prayer life, you know, especially corporate prayer. If, if you just have God's scripture and truths on your mind and it, it comes out of your mouth as you're praying, uh, it, it gives you a foundation to pray from, uh, and all those things, fighting sin, temptation, all that. So, so for me, yeah, it's a note card and uh, I kind of practice, uh, or say it out loud and, uh, and you do it five, 10 times a day, you'll know it like the back of your hand. And then, uh, and I just have my Google doc that I'll, I'll go through every week or whatever. How do, how do you, how do you choose like which verses to memorize? Uh, it's kind of based on like season of life stuff. So if I'm right now, I'm going through the Book of Matthew, and uh, for me, uh, just denying yourself and taking up your cross seems is the theme that's like popping out to me right now. So I'm taking Matthew ten thirty-eight through thirty-nine, and that's that's like my verse. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That verse, and uh, and but for some, for some seasons of life, uh, whether I'm more anxious and worried, uh, Matthew uh, 6, you know, you grab stuff in there or whatever. But but for me, it's kind of what's going on in my heart and going on in my Bible reading. It's like a combination of the two. Mm. And I, I do appreciate what David's saying in that. It, it should be something for today where it's like, this is hitting home for me. It's And again, it, it piggybacks off of meditation. This is what I'm musing on with God's word. And I'm I'm rolling over my head, not only today, but even like this week or the season of life. And so I want Verses for that season, if mm. I can. So that's what I do. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's more
0: than what I do. So that's why I had you say it, not me. Um. So remember, all this is under the umbrella of meditation. Okay. So letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. <clears throat> now, how else can we cultivate rhythms of thoughtful, uh, of thoughtful meditation? That's the definition again. And uh, this was one of my favorite chapters, resolving to be a lifelong learner. Resolve to be a lifelong learner. Our learning shouldn't have stopped in high school or in college or whatever it is. Like resolving to be a lifelong learner. And remember, again, man, this is, this is part of the reason why this book was so fantastic is because he keeps pushing it back to the purpose. Like the purpose of these disciplines isn't to check boxes. It's ultimately to know and enjoy God in Christ. Like, all of these things are for our enjoyment. And so if you're starting to feel even right now as you're thinking through, like, oh, scripture memorization, I need to, I need to start doing this and all that stuff. Like, there's a, there's a good, like, pressure that maybe we're feeling to, to grow in these ways. But don't ever divorce the pressure you might feel to, to grow in these disciplines. Don't divorce that from enjoyment of God. Like, these are, these go hand in hand. And so, uh, resolving to be a lifelong learner, um, a lot of times, I think, I think we can, we as guys can fall into one of two categories. This is a generalization, so if this isn't, you don't feel it more than you should. But I think a lot of times, uh, many men preoccupy their time with either being mindless or being mindful over meaningless things either being just mindless or I think more often actually is that we're mindful of meaningless things. And this isn't to bash like hobbies or enjoying boating or sports or whatever, but if we know more random trivia about our hobbies than we do about the treasures of God in Scripture, like there's probably a problem there. And like I, I've really felt this too because like you saw my living room. It's like I could... I could take pretty much any of those things off the wall, or tell you exactly every little thing about those guitar pedals and the history of the company, and all this. You know, it's like, it's like, and that's fine. Like, I enjoy that, but if if I can delight in that more than if you, than if you ask me, like, like, what is God showing you of Himself in the Scriptures? Like, if there's more delight in my hobbies and more like random trivia than there is, then I can ever express about my relationship with God, like there's probably an issue there. And so there's an imbalance regarding the object of our meditation often as men, I think. And so how do we cultivate, uh, how do we cultivate lifelong learning? All right. And there's, there's a bunch of ways to do this. I just grabbed a few points from page 87 and 88 to just kind of expound a little bit on this might look a little different for you. Um, But one of his points was create space and redeem spare time. Create space and re- redeem spare time. Now, uh, for those of you who have a really sensitive conscience and you're like, "Man, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I don't, I don't redeem my time." off. it's like, well, I would say first off, like you're doing one of the things to be a lifelong learner right now. Like you're here, right? Like, like you could have either stayed in bed longer or just gone to work earlier, but you chose to read through the th- read, read through this book at least, maybe clumsily, kind of throughout the week. And then wake up early and come here. Like, like, good job being lifelong learners even in this moment. So, like, if you're like, man, I don't do this. Like, you are doing this right now. So, stop being so hard on yourself. Um, I would say, like, like, there are very few men who don't have any spare time. And I don't mean, I don't mean spare time in the sense of, like, like back-to-back hours within the day. You know, I think sometimes we think, well, I don't have spare time because I don't have three consecutive hours where I have nothing planned. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is little bits of time that fills in the gaps of our day. And so here's a few things that you can do uh, to fill your mind with God-glorifying truth in, in the gaps throughout your day. So for me, it's when I'm at the gym, when I'm biking, when I'm mowing the lawn, when I'm working on the car, or When I'm driving anywhere by myself, like I almost, it's I almost never listen to music to be honest, and and even when I was like like leading music here, I when I listened to music, it was very much for the intention of of finding music for uh, for congregational singing. That was most often the time I listened to music. Uh, more often, what I was doing in my in my gaps, right? And I live across the street, so it takes a while to get through a podcast when I'm listening in the car, but It's like, like I'll just take those little pieces of time where I'm kind of already doing something else, and I'll throw headphones on and listen to as much as I can. It's not like I've got to finish a sermon or I've got to finish a podcast or whatever, you know. Every time I'm doing something, but you'd be amazed how much content you can you can go through if you just take the little gap times that you have when you're driving or when you're in your recreation. I I got one of those little Bluetooth speakers. I that that's that's waterproof, and so it can both go in the shower and in the garage, and I feel great about it. So it's like working on the car, throw on a sermon in the shower. The your the um the the U version Bible app will read scripture to you, right? Like like you don't have to have your eyes glued on your phone. Like you can listen. That, that's how the, that's how the Bible was interacted with. For hundreds and hundreds of years, it was it was it was an audible thing. Like people listened to it because they didn't have their own copies. Like, like that's it's okay to listen to the scriptures. Like, it's a pretty modern thing that we can actually read it for ourselves. So, um, when as it relates to podcasts, I'm, I'm a big podcast guy. Maybe you're not, but here's here's some of my favorite ones as it relates to <clears throat> letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly, uh, of 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 gospel rich content. Okay. Uh, along with listening to Scripture itself being read, reading Scripture for myself, um, listening to other faithful men who uh, can expound Scripture and listen to them as well. Uh, ask Pastor John's an easy one because, uh, I mean, man, that guy's just so full of Scripture. He, he talks about, he addresses contemporary or modern questions, and, man, the first thing out of his mouth is his pretty much always like, like, well, let's look at what the Bible says about that. And they're short. It's like 10 minutes. Okay, so while you're getting ready in the morning, you can throw one of those on. Knowing Faith, uh, that's a podcast from the Village Church. And it's J.T. English, Kyle Worley, and Jen Welkin sitting down. just And they just have conversations about theology issues. Uh, they, they go through books of the Bible as well and kind of discuss different issues in there. It's, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite recent podcasts. Renewing Your Mind with R.C. Sproul. Uh, he's, he's died now, unfortunately, but, well, for us, for him, it's great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's so fantastic. And, and that one is, is mostly his sermons or his lectures. A lot of it's lecture. Um, so it's more like a classroom feel, but it's so great. The Gospel Coalition podcast, uh, that's, just, that's just a curation of a bunch of uh, really awesome speakers. Uh, the Timothy Keller Sermons podcast. Uh, it's really the gospel in life, so it's it's a bunch of Tim Keller sermons. They've been updating that a lot more recently, uh, which has been really cool. Uh, Truth for Life, uh, that's Alistair Begg. If you've never heard of Alistair Begg, go listen to him, and his accent alone is worth your time. Like, he's one of the few, and I, it was so funny. I was at a, I was at a conference, and I'm walking in, and I see Alistair Begg standing there waiting for a, waiting for an elevator, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was like a, it was like, like a, like a saw a movie star kind of moment. You know, I'm like, I can't walk by him. Like, I got to say something, you know, and I told him, I told him, I've told him what I've told almost everybody about my feelings toward Alistair Begg. I was like, I was like, Alistair, you're one of the few preachers that, uh, if I get bored in your message, like you always have a way of bringing me back in. Like I, I'm not just, I just don't float away. You know, like you, you have a way of bringing me back in. He was like, Thanks. I guess, like, <laughs> like no, 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 it's really good, like, like it's awesome, he, he's such an awesome preacher, but um, truth for life, that's, that's what I'm saying, Alistair Begg, uh, some people know him, if you know him, you know him, if you don't, that's unfortunate, so, um, all right, it, here's a thing, and I want to get us into our table discussion within about the next five minutes, um, this is huge, C- create spare time Create space and redeem spare time for yourself. But guys, we've got to do this for our wives too. We have to do this for our wives. We often have, as men, more redeemable time than our wives do. And especially, especially if you're in a stage of life with small children, okay? Like that's my stage of life right now. And some of you guys are out of that and stuff like that. Like, you, Adapt this to your life however it makes sense. But for us, Um, whether your wife works outside the home or stays home with your kids, it doesn't matter. I think, I think we would all agree that, that we as men have more time where we don't feel on, right? Like, like, and and I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I think that, at least for me, my wife feels a unique pressure, whether she's at work or at home, to always be on, where it's like, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a I'm a homekeeper, I'm all this stuff, and yeah, I want to serve her and stuff like that, but I, I don't feel the pressure in the way that she does. I don't quite know what that is, but we have to cultivate rhythms, as we cultivate rhythms of creating, spare, of creating space and redeeming spare time, men, we also have to create rhythms of, of f- freeing up our wives and creating space for them, because it's probably unlikely that they're going to naturally do that themselves, I think for a lot of us, our wives are super hard workers. Um, they feel on all the time. It's like helping your wife not feel guilty where it's like it's okay that the house doesn't look, doesn't look perfect like you want it to or like I want it to because it's actually better that you get some time for yourself. Like go for a run. Go do this. Go run errands by yourself. And I just put a few things um, down here that, that we kind of do, that we try, that I think is helpful for Sarah. One real quick thing. You never babysit your own kids, by the way. If, if it's your kids, it's called parenting. It's not called babysitting. <laughs> like, you babysit other people's kids. <laughs> like It's not like, well, I'll babysit the kids so that my wife can. It's like, no, no, no. If those are your kids. Like You're just a dad. Like That's just your life, okay? You never babysit your own kids. All right. So for Sarah and I, uh, what this looks like is usually it means that I'm pushing her out the door to go to the gym or to go on a run. And it's like, okay, Sarah, like and I can usually sense it when she really, you know, needs that time, but it's something she enjoys. It's like it's like go, go like put the dishes away, I'll do them. That's fine. Go for, go for a run, go to the gym. And usually she'll listen to a podcast during that time. Sometimes I'll tell her to take an hour or two or two like on my day off in the morning, and I'll push her out the door. If it's not to go for a run or go to the gym, it's like just go, just go to sidecar. Just go sit Let somebody else make your coffee and I don't care what you do, honestly. It's like just get out of the house and be by yourself. Um, Another thing, sometimes if we're going somewhere, I'll tell her to drive separately and then we'll just meet there so that she can have some time in the car by herself. How often when, especially for our life stage with young kids, it's like how often does your wife get to drive in the car by herself, right? Like how often does she just get to walk up to her car, open the door, and go? You know, it's like no, it's like car seats and all. Of a sudden it's like that that can be a relieving thing for your wife. Drive separately. It's it's worth the dollar fifty in gas to have to give your wife some of that time. Okay, um, some of you guys are already doing this by uh, by working a little late or going to work a little late. You know, tomorrow morning so that your wife can come here. Like I think that's fantastic. Or if she wants to take one of the equipping classes on a Sunday night and and you kind of rearrange some things or whatever, like serve your wife so she can take advantage of the opportunities um, that we have. So let's serve our wives uh, in this as well so we can, so that they can be lifelong learners with us, right? Um, and I guarantee you it'll be a valuable investment. So um, real quick, mind your mindless moments. Uh, th- this coincides a lot with uh, creating space and redeeming time. Um, but what are, some, what are some potentially mindless moments we can redeem? Uh, bathroom, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, the shower, you saw that with the Ziploc bag. After the kids go to bed, this is huge, guys. After after the kids go to bed, don't just default to turning on the TV. It's fine if you if you watch. I'm not I'm not against. What, I was doing the notes while I was watching The Office. Like I'm not against it, but it's like if that's like the default every night, every night. Kids go to bed, we're watching TV until we go to bed. It's like gosh, just. Re- just take one of those days and be like, you know, let's just read a book or whatever. It may, maybe it'll mean like taking your TV out of your bedroom and like, uh, like letting your bedroom be reserved for reading, sleeping, and sex. Like if you could just have those three things, you know, like that would be okay instead of just vegging out in, in your bed watching TV. Um, uh, while you're in bed looking at your phone, because I think we all do it. Sometimes we just fall asleep with our phone in our hands. I'm not, maybe not do that. Or if you're gonna do that, like instead of just mindlessly scrolling through the news or Facebook or whatever, uh, which is fine. Again, I'm not trying to demonize these things. Uh, maybe grab an article from DesiringGod.org or the Gospel Coalition or something like that. Like maybe incorporate some reading even into your kind of like like half-asleep, you know, mindless scrolling before bed. Uh, that could be that could be good too. Uh, and the last thing I'll say before we hop into a discussion. Utilize, so Mark Jackson has kind of curated with our elders a resource library that right now it's living at his house, uh, but it, we're going to soon have a, uh, it's it's not massive by any means, but it'll keep growing, a resource library of of suggested books that we'll have available down in the common space where people can just check out uh, and in Read And it's things that our elders uh, have either read or from authors that our elders are really um, excited about. And so there'll be some resources there. Utilize that. Like, how easy is that to have, like, you're like, I don't know what to read because I just go online and on Amazon, I don't know who to read. It's like, there'll be a library down there uh, within the next month or so uh, that you can choose from, too. So for table discussion, um what passage this week will you meditate on and memorize that speaks truth into your current situation? Okay. So the memorization and a question to are you a lifelong learner and what tools are you using or would like to start using to continue to grow and what time can you create or redeem to cultivate this? All right. So you can kind of choose, uh, you probably don't have time to extensively discuss both. Um, so, Just kind of go at it, and you decide which one you want to discuss. So we'll come back in about 15, 20 minutes, uh, and then I'll pray for us and recap a little bit of what we're going to talk about. Not recap. Look forward a little bit to what we're going to talk about next week. So about 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll come back up.